Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Welcome back, Dr. Kirk, for our uh, update on the economy. Let's get right to it. I know there's um, been a couple big stories that you've been following this week. Let's start with Davos and the Saudis, because that um, was so significant. And Saudi Arabia shows up in Davos, and they announce uh, what you knew was coming, correct? Well, yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, Laura. And and so what did what did they do? Because... The petrodollar, which is basically the U.S. dollar used for all oil settlements globally, you know that's that's been this the case since 1971. So, right. so here's where people argue with me quite often because I say we we are not necessarily a fiat based currency. Why? Because we used to be backed by gold, but in 1971 we got Nixon closed the gold window, and then we had the petrodollar. So technically, we were backed by oil. So from something, a dollar backed by gold to a dollar backed by oil. But now they're actually pulling that away. So so you go back to last year, Russia basically told India, it's like, hey, if you want to buy Russian gas and oil, you got to pay for it in rubles. Boom. Goodbye petrodollar there. Then they did the same thing in Poland. They did the same thing in Italy. So country after country after country is starting to get rid of the petrodollar system, which is what? It means reducing the demand for the U.S. dollar. Laura, this is the only reason why we could print money like there's no tomorrow, have tens of trillions of dollars of, of federal debt, and still have demand for our currency is because of the petrodollar. So what happened in Davos? And what happened? So in Davos last week, um, Saudi Arabia, um, their their finance minister was was talking to all the, the bigwigs there, right? And so... They said, right. we're going to, to okay, look at this innocuous headline. People would say, oh, so what? But it's huge. They're open, discuss trading in non-dollar currencies. But what they did is they said, we want to enhance the monetary um, life of, of our trading partners, right? So when we're selling oil to China, we'll, we'll take yuan in exchange. When we sell oil to Russia, we'll take the ruble. When we sell oil to Mexico, we'll take the peso, mm-hmm. right? So- so right. what does that mean? It means no more petrodollar. And we're not talking about a small oil producing country here. It is the largest oil producing country in the world. Now, Russia, when you add their oil and their gas, is the largest petro-based country in the world when you combine both of them. So so they're both basically part of BRICS nations, right? Because what what Saudi Arabia told China was, Hey, you know what? You're our biggest trading partner. We want to be part of the BRICS nation. So we'll just, we're not going to use the petrodollar. We're going to stick it to the West. This is my interpretation of what they're saying, right? So, so right. then what do they do? They're, they're basically dismantling demand for the US dollar. So then what's the next logical progression step is, well, we still need in America here. We need foreign capital inflow to fund all the stimulus, the infrastructure bills, the raising of the debt ceiling, everything that they need money for. They're no longer getting 
that built-in currency capital inflow from other countries from the petrodollar because it's being dismantled. So if people think, Laura, for a second that that Biden's winning the war on inflation, they're they're lying to themselves because when we have to then print like there's no tomorrow to fund our obligations, our, our entitlements, our Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, raise the debt ceiling, the, the service on our debt, you know, all of that, which is insane. This is this amount is going through the roof. If you look at the federal budget, you know, you can go to whitehouse.gov, look at the federal budget. And most people don't do that because the budget's like a bajillion pages long, right? So, but if you go sure. to there, you can see what the interest expense on the national debt is. Or you can go to the St. Louis it's Fed, insane. where they track it. Last year, it was $530 billion, uh, it was $500 billion interest-only payments on our national debt. This year, because interest rates have doubled, look at this chart. Interest rates have doubled over the last 12 months. The interest-only payments now are well over $830 billion. They've Which is gone completely up. unsustainable. It's right? unsustainable, I mean, right? Yeah, so you've no got way. That Anyone knows that. No, you know it's nobody, so nobody's up. looking at this, and it's going to continue to go up. Why is it going to continue to go up? Because Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed, says we've got to keep tackling inflation. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep raising rates to tackle that inflation. When you keep raising rates, that debt service is going to continue to go up. And now we've got this amplified problem because of what Saudi Arabia just did at Davos and said, we are no longer going to take U.S. dollars in exchange for oil. We're going to trade in whatever currency we're the trading partner we're trading with. This is devastating for the U.S. dollar. And inflation is going to continue because we are forced to inflate or die and print our way out of it. So, uh, Kirk, you know, you can say people can believe whatever they like, right? If you are one of those people that has been uh, believes that inflation is not an issue, then you've been deceived, actually. You're being lied to because this is a war of narratives. And the false narrative is that there's no inflation and the economy's doing just fine. And the real truth is what everybody can see, go to the gas station, the truth hits you in the face. Go to the grocery store, the truth hits you in the face, right? And people know it. And you found uh, another indicator, right? Another very significant indicator, um, which is a site that tracks our debt. Can you explain uh, to our audience what, what you found? Yeah. So if you go to usdebtclock.org, which a lot of your viewers have, have gone to, because it's a very popular site that tracks the growth of the national debt, Right. But, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. If you look at the very right-hand column about halfway down the page, it says gold you know, to, to dollars and silver to dollars, right? right. It's zero. Yeah. Zero. Well, at the beginning of the year, you know, the beginning of January, I saw this and I thought, okay, database glitch. <laughs> How can it be zero, right? Right. That well, can't be possible. It, it can't be possible. But yet, the way that they measure it, I looked into the way that they measure it, and it is possible because – the way that they measure that is they take the available ounces of, of silver that are coming out of the ground or the amount of, of ounces of gold that are coming out of the ground, and then you compare it to the growth in the money supply, M2 money supply, which is your checking account, savings account, money market fund CDs, right? So, so yes. if the money supply starts to shrink, 
Okay, how do you divide by zero, right? It gives you a zero answer, right? So this is what's happening here. So I looked at that. It's not a database glitch. It wasn't an error. So let's go back to the end of December, December 31st of, of 2022. And what does it show? Silver at $417 an ounce. Gold should be at 3075 Okay. So let's go back even a little bit further. And you go to January. So a year ago, exactly a year ago, silver, $2,966 an ounce. Gold, wow. $21,887. Wow. See, that, what that ref reflects is what the price of the metals should have been without manipulation in the markets, right? With the inflationary pressures that we're seeing, the amount of dollars yeah. in circulation, the available money supply, gold and silver should be at those prices. And then you saw by December 31st, it came down a lot. Now it's zero. So I got to thinking, okay, no database glitch. What does this mean? Well, it means that the money supply is shrinking. They're pulling money out of the system. Right. And you look back, they've pulled out about half a trillion over the last few months, just half a trillion in a few months. So, but why? And when, when I keep telling people the Fed in, is printing money like there's no tomorrow to fund every stimulus under the sun, they keep printing money. We just had a $1.7 trillion spending bill. We don't have that money mm -hmm. laying around. They've got to print it. So it's like, Kirk, what, what gives? Either they're printing money or they're not. No, they're, they are printing money, but it's not making it into the hands of the people because what M2 money supply measures is checking, savings, money market, CDs. So they're printing right. money to fund stimulus and it's going and it's used for all these this stupid things, but it's not coming into the hands of the people. In fact, M2 money supply is shrinking. So to what end? So we in Davos again, they so keep the money going? a new set. Well, they're using it to fund stimulus and pay all these bills and you know, interest mm -hmm. on the debt. But money needs to make it into the hands of the people if it's going to impact the economy. So we have it to spend. But something weirder is happening. It's actually diminishing. They're pulling money out of the system. So we're getting inflation. I mean, look at the M2 money supply. It's like going through the roof recently. It went way up, but now it's starting to come down. So why? So here's my theory, right? And this is just a theory, but in Davos, yeah. they kept talking about a new system, a new system, a new system. Central wow. bank digital currencies, 90% of the central banks globally <laughs> are moving towards central bank digital currency. And even here in America, they're talking about it being implemented with the Fed now token sometime between March and July. Now, that doesn't mean that we go to complete central bank digital currency by then, but that's the implementation. It'll be a phased roll-in period. Yeah, they're pulling money out of the system, is my theory, to actually mm. get ready for digital currency. So they're pulling paper out to go into digital and this is going to hurt Americans that don't have money to spend when they keep printing money that provides for the inflationary pressures, right? But now we don't have it. It's not impacting the economy. And they're starting to pull it out to create a new system. Well, Laura, in, in Davos, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, said 2023 was going to be a year of polycrisis. It's like, oh, I've never heard the word polycrisis before, but, yeah, but I know how words are made up. Poly means mm -hmm. many, crisis means crisis, right? So, so they're going to be, and it's a year of multi-crisis all at the same time. So when you go to all a central bank. All manufactured. That? And they're all manufactured and manipulated. Yes. 
I mean, as yes. we're finding out, the virus is man-made. That's manipulated. The famine is caused by deliberate disruptions to the, you know, to the uh, food supply, right? I mean, so famine and shortages. I mean, I mean, every single thing that we're looking at is manipulated. And if it's manipulated, it's done by human hand. It's intentional, which means it didn't have to happen. It's not a tragedy. It's not just chaos that suddenly happened on its own. It is literally uh, manufactured, i.e. by design. And you know what? The people doing it, like, like this, I have to restrain myself, like this a gentleman that you have on the screen, <laughs> right? World Economic Forum. These people, uh, they're not, you know, unknown. They have names and addresses, and they are just like the rest of us, but they've been hiding behind in this war of narratives, hiding behind these lofty goals as if, you know, they're doing something good. And what you're showing us here is very clearly not for the greater good at all. Correct? Well, correct. It's, it's for their good. It's all about money coming into their pockets. They create crisis. This is very Hegelian, right? The, the old philosopher Hegel. Hegelian you know, dialectic. Yeah. If you want something passed and nobody wants it, well, create a crisis that's so bad that all of a sudden what wouldn't have passed before now becomes, yeah, we should have this. You know, people, sadly, Laura, are willing to give away their privacy and their freedoms in exchange for perceived security and peace. It doesn't even need to be real, just needs to be perceived. And this is the world that they are creating, crisis, 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 crisis. Because if, if, if I were sick and I go to the doctor, what does the doctor do? They, they find out what your sickness is, isolate it so they can give you one medicine. What if it's all kinds of things happening all at the same time? They don't know what the root cause is, right? So then you start mm -hmm. to freak out. It's like, I don't know what the solution is. Please help fix it, whatever it is. This is what people will do when they create crisis. We've got, we've got COVID stuff. We've got all these other manufactured pandemics. We've got financial crisis, potential banking failures. You've got now war in, in Russia and Ukraine, right? And tanks going in. Now escalation in China and Taiwan. Everything is happening all at the same time. Right. So and none of it, none of it needed to happen. None of it needed to happen. Right. Nobody's encouraging Zelensky to sit down with Putin and resolve it. Right. They don't want that war to end. You've got had soldiers on the battlefield in Afghanistan for 20 years. And then I find out from every uh, military specialist I know that we had technology that could have ended the war a long time ago, like thermal, you know, drones. Right. That are stealth. That you could have gone in, uh, you could still go in now. You know where all the Taliban leadership, all those terrorists you wanted to kill, you could go kill them now if that was what was important and if that's what we needed to do. But they don't, you know, you know something, Kirk, that I just learned as well? Something hmm. that even I found staggering. Don't you always remember wondering how could the United States go storming into Baghdad so quickly and suddenly end up with no plan? for what to do. Did that make sense to anybody? You're big enough and smart enough that you can figure out how to take down one of the largest armies in the world in a, in a blink of an eye, but you have no plan for the peace. And then you realize, talking to people who were involved, they didn't expect that our soldiers and our military could deliver that quickly. They didn't have a plan because they didn't want it to be over that fast. Right. There was no, there was no thinking ahead because they were going to drag it out. 
They, you know, the plan wasn't to make it end quickly. And then why do we linger on these battlefields when we leave things in disarray? Because we know it'll drag us back in. You know, I mean, look how Obama withdrew in the worst way possible from Iraq. And what happened in a very short time, we had to go back in because of ISIS. And, and the U.S. ambassador was knocking on every door in Congress saying, hey, we're in trouble here. We need to do something. And he was ignored. This was during Obama's time. And, and I spoke to him then. And I was like, why would they be ignoring him? It doesn't make sense. And then Obama said, oh, it's the JV team, ISIS, right? No, they were giving ISIS time and space to become a real problem. Because General Michael Flynn was testifying at the same time, hey, this group means business and they're going to take more territory. But we never step in and fix the problem. We just allow these problems to fester. We create problems. We set the conditions for problems to be created and to get worse. And then we turn around and say, oh, you know, this can never be fixed. Wow. So this is what they're doing with the economy. It's no different. There are 40 million things they could have done to stop this from happening, and they've chosen not to do it. And these are smart people. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, people think that they're stupid. No, they're not stupid. They're evil. I mean, there's a difference, right? So they just have a different ideology, different worldview, different goal in mind than we as freedom-loving Americans would want, right? So, so being, they're being successful at what they have. But how do you overcome that? Well, what you and I have been talking about for quite some time there's certain asset classes that go up when, when there's chaos and there's certain asset classes that go down, right? So we as wise stewards with what we've been given need to use our brains and, and identify those trends and just act accordingly. And that's why we want to bring hope to this world. I mean, the news is news. You don't have to sensationalize how bad it is. It's awful, right? But there is hope in this. This is what we do. But, but the reason that you and I talk about this is to show people who may be listening to mainstream media, this is not the reality of what's going on. This is what they want you to hear. It's a false narrative like what you talked about to actually achieve their agenda and their goals. But it's all wrong. The numbers, those charts that we showed, just show what they're doing. They're pulling money out of the system when they say they're providing stimulus. Stimulus is not pulling money out of the system. That's the opposite. Right. So right. everything that they're saying, the a- opposite is actually lie. happening. Yeah. It's just another lie. Well, OK, that's a little bleak. And I know you got to go. We got to wrap it up. Got any jokes for us, Dr. Kirk, <laughs> to, to make people laugh? I know for those of you who are interested, take it or leave it. You can go to lauraloganggold.com. You can uh, you can buy gold or silver. You can talk to Dr. Kirk. He is uh, he's there and he's available. You can talk to him without buying anything. He's one of the best, nicest guys in the whole industry. That's uh, why I talk to him. And he's one of the smartest. He's good at this. He knows what he's talking about. And if you're like me, you know, it may be bleak, but I'd rather not be lied to. I want to know the truth. And Dr. Kirk, um, you always do give us the truth. And I know every day you're out there giving of your best and trying to help people and trying to get them to make smart decisions. And uh, we, you know, the economy is just getting harder and harder. So people are probably having less and less, you know, cash uh, to spend, right? Disposable income to to buy gold or silver or anything else. But um, 
You can try making groups, right? The only way we're going to get through this is together. We're all going to have to help right. each other through this. So somebody may have gold, somebody may have silver, someone may have chickens, somebody may have eggs, somebody may know how to operate a ham radio, somebody may have stocked up on medicines, I don't know, right? Somebody just may be very good at fixing things. But in the end, in the end, uh, good is stronger than evil, and, uh, and I firmly do believe that the good guys will win. Thank you so much, Dr. Kirk. Most people like me, I'm not an expert, right? And I don't pretend to be. And I, uh, but I hear from everybody, buy silver, buy gold, because the stock market is tanking, real estate is tanking. And, you know, we wanted to make sense of all of that. And the best person that I could find was Dr. Kirk Elliott. And not just uh, the best in his field, but a really good person. And that's important to me. Integrity matters. And so, um, you know, to to make it more affordable for people, to give people an option to understand and the uh, ability to do something about it, um, we turn to Dr. Kirk Elliott and, and I interview him every week and put that show out. It's to help people stay ahead of things and, and to give them um, some idea of how to make sense of the economic madness around us in this moment. He is more than happy to give a free consultation because he really does care about his clients and he is doing this for the right reasons. And he does it himself, right? I mean, he, he's gotten rid of all his stocks and bonds and he's heavily invested in, in gold and silver and precious metals. So if you go on there, you can sign up for a free consultation. Use LaharaLogan.gold. I know there's a number of steps. It can be a little time consuming as you work your way around, but it's worth it. If you're interested, then go to uh, the domain you're looking for is LaharaLogan.gold.com. That, once again, is LaharaLogan.gold.com. And I spell my name L-A-R-A. No U, for those of you wondering. So if you're driving in your car, let me repeat that one more time. It's LaharaLogan.gold.com. And you spell that L-A-R-A. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliotphd.com.